We are hopped up on caffeine today, man. Welcome to the Mindset is Art podcast. I'm your mindset coach, CJ Leedy, and today we are talking about our favorite neuro cocktail ingredient called dopamine. It's responsible for a lot of the best feelings in life, including motivation, drive, interest, learning, desire, and more. But first, can you identify the following sounds? So I'm guessing you knew most of those sounds, maybe very, very well in most instances. But more important than recognizing the sound, how did they make you feel? Did any of them give you an urge to maybe reach for your phone or go check social or log into Netflix and chill? Like many great scientific advances, Pavlovian conditioning, aka classical conditioning, was discovered accidentally. During the 1890s, Ivan Pavlov researched salivation in dogs' response to being fed. Pavlov predicted that the dogs would salivate in response to the food being placed in front of them. But he noticed that his dogs would begin to salivate whenever they heard footsteps of his assistant bringing them food. Eventually, he realized he could link the sound of ringing a bell with the food enough times that the dog would salivate just from hearing the bell ring. So as humans, we probably like to fancy ourselves above our canine best friends, but the truth is our brain has been shown to produce dopamine just after hearing the sounds I just played. Same deal. It's not a real text message, it's just the sound of a text message, but it makes you think that you're getting a text message. Your brain interprets it as such just like the bell to the dog. So we have associated those sounds around experiences that have triggered our dopamine releases in the past and are now programmed to release dopamine simply by hearing the sound. So is this a problem? Because I just said that dopamine is responsible for a lot of the greatest things in the world, right? Motivation, learning, desire. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is dopamine is also related to our greatest vices. Because it is released around great pleasures, it makes us want more. So unfortunately, some of the pleasures that is released around aren't necessarily the healthiest things for us. So do you find that you use Netflix or social media or gaming or TV as a form of escaping from something uncomfortable or as a way to drown out some sort of uncomfortability in your own thought process? You know, does scrolling impact your productivity at work? Do you find yourself wasting time going down internet rabbit holes or buying things on Amazon just for the hell of it? You know, if any of those questions are yes, then it's something we should take seriously. Those are just a few of the things that dopamine links on today that cause some of our modern day challenges with productivity and consistency. So maybe if you recall from the 10X podcast, one hour a day, five days a week over the course of five years converts to seven months worth of work days. So if you're losing just even one hour to these apps a day, that really compounds over time. And worst of all, which I'm guessing we all know a little too well, I can speak from personal experience, we go into something called zombie mode, where you're just scrolling, watching, or playing for hours without even enjoying it, but you can't stop yourself, right? You're unable to do anything worthwhile. You sort of just become a zombie and you're just scrolling away or just sucked into whatever that thing is, even though it's not necessarily feeling that great. You know you should turn it off, but you can't. So what is that? Your brain is searching for the dopamine that it has felt in the past in relation to those things. But you've released the dopamine so many times around it that it's no longer triggering that response. You've built up a tolerance to whatever that thing is. 
so it's no longer feeling as good. The problem with this is it becomes harder and harder to produce dopamine off of lower stimulus activities, especially challenging activities such as working hard on a project or making the tough calls that you know you need to make for work or doing the assignment for school or even just connecting with a friend or a family member over conversation. Once we have depleted our dopamine on higher stimulus activities, we actually have less dopamine to produce in the less stimulating circumstances. So just like we said from the 10x deal, this can have a huge effect on the raw time because it stops you from taking on hard tasks and challenges. But the bigger problem is your actual output, your ability to connect in the little areas of your life that are super important are reduced. And that's a quieter problem with arguably just as impactful, if not more impactful long-term consequences. So today the goal is to cover a few of the basics of dopamine and what can we do to start to win the battle back against dopamine. First of all, this begs the question, what do the first few hours of your day look like? Are you instantly picking up your phone, scrolling on social, watching a YouTube video, or doing something else that is highly stimulating? While that initial flood of dopamine may feel great and help you jump out of bed, it could also be impacting your ability to focus deeply on the things that you have planned for that day. A big motivating factor for making this podcast comes from listening to Andrew Huberman, who's a Stanford neuroscientist, talk about the effects of dopamine. He did about a two-hour and 15-minute video where he does a deep, deep dive. He covers the science. He covers a lot of different tools to combat it. It's a really great video overall. I'm going to cover a lot of the basics. I'm going to paraphrase some of it and cover the most important tools that I found. But I would highly suggest, if this is a topic that's of interest to you, to listen to that whole video as well. One of the very important takeaways comes from learning to regulate and become intentional about how and when you release dopamine. So Huberman goes on to talk about the way if you see something that's very stimulating and drops a bunch of dopamine for you, the next thing you see, you're much less likely to engage with and be interested in. So let's say you saw a video that comes up of a kid sliding down a hill and takes off off a massive jump and you get a big rush of excitement. You're like, oh my God, that's crazy. Then the next video you see is something that's maybe related to your work. Normally, you might be very interested in that. Take an interest, go dive deeper into what that topic is, and maybe it has a positive effect on your life. The problem is if you had that huge dopamine release before, you may not have any interest in that thing that comes up next. But if you would have seen that one first before you saw that video, now all of a sudden you're very interested in it and you move forward. Or if you waited a couple of days and you saw it fresh, you may have a deep, deep interest in it. Clearly, this is even more important than just the simple productivity that we experience throughout our day-to-day and our ability to focus from task to task. It actually can alter our sense of direction and overall quality in life based on the things that we assign value to. Understanding how dopamine works and being able to use it intentionally has a huge impact on our overall life. So here are a set of factors that make a behavior dopamine heavy. One is the length of stimulation. Two is the dopamine spike that you get specifically from that behavior. Three is the strength of the stimulation. And four is the novelty. Is it something new that you've never done before or seen before? And so that brings us to our tool of the day, which has two steps here. One is to identify your top dopamine inducers, right? Maybe that's eating. Maybe that's screens or Netflix, TikTok, social media, whatever it is. Become aware of the way that these things make you feel. Do your own little test and study the way that they're influencing your behavior. So if you tune into a bunch of social media in the morning, how does it affect your drive later on in the day, your ability to focus on deeper tasks? Then do an opposite where you say, okay, I'm not going to look at any social media for the first four hours of the day. How does that affect my ability to get things done? 
So that's step one, take an honest look at where you are with your dopamine regulation. Step two is we're going to cover five different options that you can use to start combating however severe your dopamine habits are. If you're the, you know, maybe the true extreme zombie motor or somebody just needs a little help here and there. So some of these are from Huberman's podcast and a few of the other ones are just from studies that I've done or processes that I've used in the past. So we're going to start simple. Number one is start your day with intentionally low dopamine. Wait until you have completed a few of your toughest tasks before you allow yourself to look at social or do anything that is specifically dopamine inducing. So you could also delete certain apps during the week like I do. I delete my Instagram, all my social medias from Monday to Friday on any important big work week that I know that I don't want to just be habitually tuning in and flipping through that shit. I also recently bought a standard old school alarm clock that I have in my bedroom and I leave my phone in the living room. I take care of all my business the night before, set it out there to charge and I use the alarm clock there. So it's forcing me to not be sitting there in bed before bed and also not when I wake up. I don't have the option to flip around and launch a bunch of dopamine into my brain. So that's one, be intentional about how you start your day, how you finish your day as it relates to dopamine. Number two, practice safe dopamine. So this is about deploying dopamine on things that you intentionally want to feel it during. So Huberman talks about you can actually learn to release dopamine around the effort and the process of things that you're going after. And it's by telling yourself, whether it's a lie or whether it is serious, that I enjoy the hard work, I enjoy the struggle, I enjoy the working out process. It's not just about the reward afterwards of, oh, I'm done and I feel good or whatever it is. You want to learn to link dopamine to the actual process of doing the activity. I enjoy being at work. I enjoy whatever it is. Learning to tell yourself that and changing the vocabulary in your brain and forcing yourself to feel that way and release those dopamine hits while you're doing the activities that you know are productive is a great way to start reorienting your mind. He also talks about the way that gratitude has been shown in many studies to increase dopamine in a healthy way. So spending time to think about the things that you're thankful for is a great way to positively produce dopamine. So that's number two, practice safe dopamine. So number three, modify your environment. Start with your phone. Disable notifications. Go through the notification section in your phone and disable all of them, ideally, except for the most important couple. Utilize your phone on Do Not Disturb often. Also set up your bedtime apps. Make sure that you're disabling notifications during certain time windows. You can also set activity limits on your app, such as social media sites. You can set, okay, I only want to look at these for 15 minutes a day or half hour a day or whatever it is. It will remind you every time that you hit your limit. If you found that the TV is a big issue for you, you've got a bad habit of watching TV excessively, take the TV and put it in the closet for a week. Remove that habitual addiction. So whatever is getting you in your environment, take a look around. What things are you using as a dopamine? dopamine release in a form of escapism and how can you modify it remove it put it in the closet whatever you got to do with it number four force a rock bottom all right use this one wisely because it can sometimes cause more of a problem if not done correctly this is sort of a tony robbins technique people will come to you and say hey i really want to quit smoking and you go okay let's quit smoking i want you to show up with two packs of cigarettes to my office They'd show up, okay, why do you want me to bring cigarettes if I'm you know, not going to be smoking anymore? He would have them sit down. He'd say, okay, light up a cigarette. And they'd start smoking a cigarette. He'd say, come on, smoke it faster, smoke it faster, smoke it faster. He would make them sit there and smoke a cigarette, smoke a cigarette, smoke a cigarette until they literally threw up. 
So we went so far to the extreme that now they had a bad memory and a bad experience around this specific thing. So maybe you're like, you know, I don't have that bad of an addiction to social media or whatever it is. But deep down, you kind of know that you're doing it a little bit too much. Sometimes you need to trigger yourself to remember the fact that it's a problem. So sometimes you got to go a little too deep and have that wake up call of like, holy shit, dude, what are you doing? This is a total waste of time. Snap yourself out of it. Again, use that one wisely because that can be done wrong in many ways. Option number five is a full-on dopamine detox. So if you're really feeling extreme about it, you can take it to that level where you literally cut out all things that are the negative releases of dopamine for you. Give yourself a window, say one week or two weeks or a month, and just don't do anything that causes a negative release of dopamine. If you really need a reset, this can be good for you. It might be hard to go cold turkey because the truth is in the modern world, this is a serious problem think that back in the day, you know, we had obvious addictions, whether it was drugs or alcohol or pornography or gambling, you know, all these glaring issues that everybody looks at and goes, that's a bad addiction. But now we have these subtle addictions that aren't as noticeable, don't seem as bad. Everybody's doing it. You know, you got to be You're on your phone already for other good purposes, so it's hard to tell the difference. But the problem is our brain is creating these dopamine releases around these little areas that don't seem as significant or as glaring. Nobody's going to give you an intervention because they say, hey, you've been on social media too much. They don't even know, right? Most people aren't looking over your shoulder the entire time you're on the phone, and sometimes you're kind of on autopilot zombie mode anyway, so you're not paying that close of attention. So just become a little bit more conscientious, a little bit more aware. That's step one, right? Become more aware of the ways that you are releasing dopamine. And step two, based on how serious of an issue it is for you, take a few of those steps to start to regulate the way that you release dopamine. Find healthy things to release dopamine on. And if you find that you're not releasing dopamine on the healthiest of stuff, then try to rewrite some of those habits. That's what we're working with today. Say if you have tools that you use to regulate your releases of dopamine, I'd love to hear about them. You can reach me at coach at cjleady.com. This is the Mindset Art Podcast, and thanks for going to MI with me.